Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. It's been a little while since I've gotten to be with y'all and this is always really exciting, but I have to be honest with you. <laughs> My husband a couple of months ago, Pastor Sean, told me... Um, what the plan was for uh, the series that we we're going to have this year because he wanted to be really intentional with what we're going to do. And so he said, you know, we're go we were doing the, the, piece on fa or the series on fasting at the very beginning of the year, and now we're doing a series on prayer. And as soon as he told me, he always wants to try to get me in the rotation somehow. So, but as soon as he told me that we were doing prayer, I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to preach. <laughs> I thought that to myself because I thought, oh, I don't want to preach on prayer. I don't want to do that. Um, and I got to be honest with you. And I'm going to tell you the truth because I always do. You know, I, I'm just me. You know, I don't lie. Um, that would be unholy. And so I have not always been that great at prayer. And one of the things that I realized, as I, even as I was preparing this message, is that my prayer life ebbs and flows, okay? I'll tell you, I am a natural student. I will read my Bible all day long. If that's all I got to do, I am, if that's all I had to do to get into heaven, I would be good, solid, no problems. I love doing that. But prayer has been like, I don't want to say it's been a struggle, but I'll say it's been a struggle because I don't want to be up here 25 minutes kind of giving excuses for myself. Um, <laughs> it's true. But listen, when my husband asked me literally last week, now this is, this is totally a God thing because you guys got to hear about the story about how I got asked to do. You know, I don't preach all the time. I don't preach very frequently. So when I preach, it's a big deal to me. You know, I got to like, you know, prepare for, you know, six to eight weeks with my message and, you know, get my word together and practice six to seven times in the mirror and do all those things. Well, my husband asked me last Saturday if I wanted to preach. And I said, okay, why am I saying okay? We went out of town. We had like a little two-day kind of vacation in Marco Island on Thursday, Friday. We just got back yesterday. And I have all of work. Yeah, it was great, guys. Marco Island is the best. <laughs> um, but I have work all for the rest of the week, so I can't just stop, you know, my work just to prepare for my message. I got to do my work stuff, too. And it just so happened that my schedule was really full. And I'm like, God, I said yes to this thing. <laughs> But it's only going to end up like I got a couple of days to repair. This is really uncomfortable for me. So here I am. Buckle your seatbelts. Because <laughs> I got something for you. So my prayer life ebbs and flows. And I think one of the most unfortunate things about Christians is that we do not pray enough. We do not get on our faces before the Lord to pray, to talk to God. This is a problem because how are we going to know a God if we don't spend time with him? Yes, we have our word, and that is black and white. But how are we going to understand who our God is if we don't talk to him about what's in the word? How are you going to understand your word? There's some weird stuff in there. That story I just told you about the Benjamites, man, the, the reason why, that's some weird stuff. You have to get an understanding of who God is so that he can give you revelation about the word. 
Not just revelation about the word, but revelation about your life. What you're supposed to do. Are you supposed to go out back to battle? Are you supposed to sit? Are you supposed to not do anything? Get your life's plan. This is where we get that from. From our prayer time. But people don't pray. And prayer is so powerful. But people don't pray. And guys... I'll tell you, I'm not saying, I'm not like pointing a finger and saying you don't pray. Only you know if your prayer life is good. But I'll tell you, I have times in my life where I don't pray enough. And I want to talk to you about that today. You know why? Because today we're talking about the power of prayer and the power that's in the poor. That's my title for today. The power in the poor. Can you say that with me? The power in the poor. One more time, because I was sorry. The power in the poor. Amen. Hey, we're all on the same page now. So prayer is super powerful, and it's something that we need for every single day. So one of the things I realize about myself, and one of the ways that we get good at prayer, is we got to be super internal and honest with ourselves. I think this is one of the ways that we get good at anything in our lives. Honest with ourselves. What works for me? When I first started going to this church many, many years ago, I heard about the concept of the prayer closet, right? So I had a closet in my townhouse, <laughs> and I literally, like, took shelves out, and, like, I took post-it notes and put them in there, and I would pull up my chair, and I would take post-it notes and write these little prayers on them. I put them on the wall. And then as I prayed, because I felt like this was the right religious thing to do, I would put my hand on each of the post-it notes and I would pray for the things. And it was good. It wasn't bad. But you know what? It got boring for me. And so I stopped praying. And that was an ebb. It slowed down because I wasn't making sure that I was fluid. I was being really religious about my prayer life. Right? Oh, I, well, this is the way I do it, and I got to touch the things, and I got to pray for these things, because these are the things I'm believing for right now. And so I was closing myself in on what I was able to pray for and what I wasn't. In my space, I had to sit in the room, and I had to touch the things. And my prayer life ebbed, right? And I had to fix it. So then I did a thing where I would walk back and forth between my rooms and I would pray. And I would pray for different things and that worked for a little while and it was good. But then it didn't work anymore. My husband moved in and, well, we got married and then he moved in. You know how that works. <laughs> they, they come with that. I guess after the big party, the husband comes to live with you. So, <laughs> um, so then I had to change again. And I'll tell you, that at the end of this last year, I was at a place, so a couple years, or last year, my mom passed away. And I remember thinking, man, I just don't want to pray right now. And since then, it's been like a struggle. Like, it's like a, you know, like a stock market. Like, up and down and up and down and up and down, but mostly trending down. And that's not what we want <laughs> for our prayer life, Okay. So I had to change again. Prayer requires intentionality. You can't just sit there and pray. 
and say, God, please bless my family. And this is good. This is not bad prayer, okay? Please bless my family. Please bless my food. Please help me catch all the traffic lights. These are all important things. Please help me get the best parking lot, parking space in the parking lot. Very important. It's more than that, though. Prayer is a time that we pour ourselves out to God. Now, don't get this religious thing going on in your head about what pouring is. Pouring is whatever it looks like on that day. Sometimes I wake up and I am having a tough time and I walk outside and I say, God, I need you to hear me today. God, give me peace today. God, help me to figure this thing out today. And sometimes I'm like, hey, good morning, God. How are you? <laughs> Literally, this is my conversation is like with a regular person. That's how I pray. Now, one of the things that I had to do this year is I had to look at my circumstance and say, what's going on in my life and how am I going to set myself up so I can make sure that I pray the most, as much as possible, in a way that works for me. We can't just pick up and be like, oh, well, so-and-so prays for like 45 minutes before they even get out of bed. That's, I, I guess I got to do that. But that never works for you because that's not how you pray, right? You have to figure out what works for you. You have to figure out how you can pray. Some people pray first thing in the morning. I like to pray first thing in the morning. Some people are night owls and like to pray at night before they go to sleep. Some people wake up at three o'clock in the morning because apparently that's the witching hour and they pray from three to four every night. And that's cool too. I'm glad that I do not have that conviction at this point in my life. Spare me, Lord, because I need my sleep. Whatever works for you. <laughs> what, what works for you? How are you going to set yourself up to pray more? So this year, I decided I was going to, me and my husband, decided that we were going to pray, wake up in the morning, wake up at 5, okay? That's a big, it's a big deal for me. It's a, as a, some, of, some of you, it's a big deal. Others, it's not. But wake up in the morning at 5, and then we, I read my Bible, and then I get up, I put my shoes on, put my workout pants on, and I go for a walk around my neighborhood. You know why? Because if I try to pray after I read my Bible, I will get distracted because I'm worried, or I'm not worried, but I'm thinking about everything that i got to do that day. I'm thinking about my meal plans. I'm thinking about what I've got to do for work. I'm thinking about all the different things that are before me. So what works for me is for me to get up, go out into nature, go for a walk, and talk to God out loud. That's how I've fixed my problem. Maybe that'll change, you know, when July comes around. <laughs> probably, probably will. <laughs> but we got to figure out how we can spend more time with the Lord. And let me tell you why. Because there is no place that you will experience more fruit in your life than when you are in your prayer time. When you are talking directly to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, you giving him an opportunity to meet you where you are. We see this with Jesus. He was constantly, I, lo I, I love him as a, um, I love him, I mean, obviously I love him as an, an example to follow, <laughs> as we all should, right? 
He was always getting away. He was all, he, people would have to like go find Jesus in the morning because he was gone. He was always getting away to spend time with his heavenly father. Why? Because the Lord, the father, was his source of strength, his source of wisdom, his source of peace. If we just sit there and go through our checklist. If I just sat there with my husband and said, hey, I need you to do this. I need you to fill the gas, the, put gas in the car. I need you to um, install that medicine cabinet in the bathroom. I need you to go grocery shopping for me. <laughs> I need you to get the pickup, pick up Santa for school. If I just gave him this list of things, and it was like a list of legitimate needs that I have, right? Legit needs that I have. But is that building our relationship? Is that me letting him know that I care about him? Or that I love him? Or is it just me telling him what I need? See, prayer can't just be... A transaction, God, I need this, you give it to me. God, I need this, you give it to me. Check the box, remove the post-it. Maybe that's why I got boring. And what happens worse when we don't see the prayer answered immediately? What happens then? Do we stop believing in the God that we have? Do we stop believing that he can't answer prayer? Or start believing that he can't answer prayer? See, prayer is about relationship. It costs you something. It costs you time. But it also costs you your heart. See, your heart has to be involved in what you're talking about to the Lord. Prayer is like a muscle that you have to build. It's like working out. You can't go to the gym three times in one week and hit it hard and get really sore and think that you're going to see immediate results. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes it does. Not at the gym, but sometimes prayer <laughs> does. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes you get an immediate feedback. You get an immediate result. Sometimes you get immediate peace. Sometimes you get an immediate answer. But a lot of times, you don't. So you have to keep going. And you have to make it part of who you are. You have to make it part of your life. Like when you're going to the gym, you can't just go a couple times and then expect it to be easy. It's not necessarily easy, but you have to make it a priority in your life. If you don't make prayer a priority in your life, if you don't make prayer a priority in your life, it ain't going to happen. And then where are you? Where are you? Where are you in your mind? Do you know how many Americans suffer from anxiety? Why? Why? We got Jesus. Why would that have to be a thing? Fear? Why? I got to get into my notes, y'all. <laughs> I'm sorry. Listen, 
You gotta make it a priority. When it may, when you make it part of your life, it becomes easier. It's natural. When I wake up in the morning, sometimes I skip my Bible if I'm like running late or say I wakes up early or something like that. I'll skip my Bible, which is really odd for me, so I can go pray because I need to pray. I need to talk to God. I need the direction from my heavenly father. I need what he has to give me. Prayer is important. We have to get it in. We have to make time for it. Why? Because prayer is powerful. Prayer brings wisdom. James 1.5. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Need wisdom? God's got it. Prayer brings healing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Timothy, it says, if you need healing, you get the elders of the church to come over to your house and lay hands on you. Jeremiah 17, 14, it says, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Prayer helps us forgive. We have Jesus as a great model hanging on the cross, the men that crucified him. He asked, Jesus, he asked the Father to forgive. It's in our Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. It's a thing we walk out, a thing we make a choice to do. But it comes when we pray about it. Prayer brings joy. Now that's your amen, amen, come on now. You, you can get joy. You pray, God will give you joy. Listen to this, John 16, 24. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. Prayer brings provision. If you then, though you were evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give gifts give good gifts to those who ask. How much more? Prayer positions us in alignment with the Holy Spirit. In alignment with what the Lord is doing. I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of his of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? He wants us to know what he wants to do. But one of the most important things, one of the most significant things, something that will keep you coming back to the fountain, is that prayer brings peace. God gives us peace when we talk to him. Because our prayer allows us to take the things that we hold onto and put it in the hands of the Almighty. That's what prayer allows us to do. Philippians 4, 6, ah, one of my favorite scriptures. I'm like getting really good at it. I could almost recite it from memory, but not quite. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. 
Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience, experience, have it, feel it, know it, God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Ooh, caveat there. You can get peace. But if you're not living how you're supposed to be living, if you're not walking how God has called us to walk in holiness and righteousness, then your peace is going to go away as soon as you stop praying. Prayer is powerful. And it cultivates a relationship with God, which is the most important thing. It is their number one. I was having a conversation with somebody today, and I was saying... God is the first relationship that we have to keep in focus. We have to. If we are not praying, if we are not doing the thing that is going to bring us closer to the Lord every day on the regular, at, at, at the drop, I mean, honestly, at the drop of a hat, can you, have you found yourself able to pray when something comes up and you get worried? Does your prayer muscle kick in? Do you reflex to prayer or do you reflex to worry and trying to figure out how to fix it? I was praying, you know, I was really stressed a couple of weeks ago. I was really, really stressed. And I had this moment of like God telling me, The reason why you're stressed is because you haven't given that thing to me. Because you don't trust me with it. I heard somebody say, like, you can put, like, um, if you have things that you struggle with with worry, you can, you can write them down, each one on, like, a piece of paper, and you can put it in a jar, and then you can give that jar to the Lord, right? And then as you don't trust him, you actually have to go in the jar. If you're letting yourself worry about that thing, you have actually have to go in the jar and take that piece of paper back. It's a real check. What are the things that we worry about? Listen. <laughs> Prayer cultivates relationship with God. Psalm 27, 8, one of my most favorite scriptures. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Prayer allows us to know his thoughts and his heart. And if we don't have that, then what? Then we lose sight of our entire purpose. I want to point something out. That list that I just read through, wisdom and peace and healing and discipline. I don't think I read that one. Um, discipline, because prayer brings self-discipline. It's focused here on us. On ourselves. And that's not to say that it's bad. 
right? But did God call us to live a selfish life focused on ourselves only? See, it says in the Bible that even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. God answered all the prayers that you prayed last week. Would you have had a good day? Would you have made all those traffic lights? Would your food be extra nourishing to your body? I say that to say, is there power in your prayer? Or are we just praying for our food? Are we just praying for safety for ourselves? When we know his heart, he helps us to see life is not just about us. Colossians 1.9. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. That's Paul's prayer for the people, for the church of Colossae. But it's the reality of what God wants us to live out. We bear fruit. Why do we bear fruit? Why, does tree, why do trees bear fruit? The tree doesn't eat its own fruit. We bear fruit for other people. That's what we are called to do. That's our purpose. Our purpose lies in our ability to impact others. So the people that we see around us, yeah, people that we don't know, yeah. Maybe we've never prayed for people we don't know. Maybe we've never prayed for another country we don't know. We've never been to. Maybe ask God, God, what do you want me to pray for? It says, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Oh, that's such a good scripture. I can't even. For all endurance and patience. Now, why do you need that? Because things are going to be easy when you give your life to Jesus? Because it's easy to put yourself on the side. No, you need endurance. 
definitely not easy to have patience. Definitely not. I'm one to, I'm, I got a testimony. <laughs> Prayer for wisdom and understanding. God wants us to understand what he is trying to do in the earth. Okay? He wants us to have an understanding. He wants us to grasp it. And he wants us to be able to receive it. And prayer is the way that we get there. Prayer, talking to him, letting us, letting him speak to us when we're spending time with him. Our lives are for a purpose. My husband says it all the time. If you got breath, you've got purpose. Bishop says it all the time. If you've got breath, you've got purpose. You see, it's not about us. I don't know how many of you caught the Grammys last weekend or two weekends ago. <laughs> that was a show. CBS tweeted, ready to worship. For those of you that don't know, it was a demonic performance. That's what, that was on public television. Don't even look it up. Public television. That was on regular TV. You can open up, you can turn your television on. If I don't, we stream, so I, I don't know. But you can turn your television on and see people worshiping the devil on public television. Seven hundred thousand people committed suicide around the world last year. Seven hundred thousand. Please bless my food. Committed suicide. They had no hope. And I'm, I'm going to go here, guys. The Methodist Church is ordaining people that live openly in sin to be pastors, to be conveyors of the gospel. This is what's happening in the world right now, our world. Church of England, they're going to test whether or not we should call God mother and see if the people like it. I don't know, but I serve the great I am. I serve Father God. And ain't nobody going to make a decision about the God that I serve. Keep us safe. Our God. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He is omnipresent. That is our God. He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. And I'm going to close with this. Yes. We cannot afford to stay silent, and we cannot afford to stay selfish. 
47,000 people in the U.S. committed suicide last year. 700,000 throughout the world. I know I already said this, but I want you to understand this. This is significant. The, the world needs us, but you know what? The, the Lord needs us to pray. Revelation 8, 3. Then another angel with a gold incense burner came and stood at the altar. And a great amount of incense was given to him to mix with the prayers of God's people as an offering on the gold altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense mixed with the prayers of God's holy people ascended up to God from the altar where the angel had poured them out. Then the angel filled the incense burner with fire from the altar and threw it down upon the earth. And thunder crashed and lightning flashed and there was a terrible earthquake. In the book of Isaiah, the prophet says, the prophet's listening to God speak and he says, whom shall I send. And Isaiah says, send me. Who is going to open their mouth to pray, to lift up the world for God to use our prayers to move on this earth? See, God doesn't have to do it. He can do whatever he wants. But the way that he wants things to work out is for us to get involved. Because he has put us here to partner with him. That is why we are here. Not just to have a good day, which is good. It's important. But not to worry, right? But we have to put our prayers before him for them to rise up. my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear them from heaven I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land I will heal their land I will heal their land not 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 make your food nourishing. I will heal their land. He does that too. But I will heal their land. What is in your hands that you can do right now? 20 plus thousand people died last week in Turkey and Syria from the earthquake. How many of them went to hell because they didn't know Jesus? That's the world that we live in. What can we do? What, let me ask you, what are you doing? It's not expensive as far as money goes, but it'll cost you. What are you doing? You guys, this is the world that we live in right now. What are you doing? I want to know what are you doing? God wants to know what are you doing? What can you do? Psalms 107. Some sat in darkness and in deepest gloom, 
imprisoned in iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. There's a but. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. There's hope for people that are sitting in their misery, self-imprisoned, right? They make their own decisions, but there's hope. And we are the hope. The church is the hope. You are the hope. You are the ones that have to raise them up in prayer. Are you gonna partner with God today? Are we gonna make an impact on this earth? Are we just gonna come here and get fed every week and then not take it out in the world with us? We have, I don't, and I'm sorry if you don't like what I'm saying, but we have a responsibility to demonstrate the love of Jesus to the world. So I don't want people to come into this church just to get fed. I want you to come and get filled up with the Spirit of God and take it out there to a lost and dying world. Can I get an amen? That is what we are called to do, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so sorry. I. Uh, he wants our food to be nourishing, but man, we got so much more. We got so much more to do. We are the church. We are his hands and feet. How are people going to know him if they don't know him through us? So I want to know, will you partner with God to be the church that he's called us to be, to love people? Let me clarify, not judge, not judge, not say you're bad, you're going to hell, but say, hey, there's hope. We have a generation of young people that have bought into lies that they can be anything that they want to be. If they want to be a bird, they can be a freaking bird. What? They bought into the lie, and now we have 700,000 people committing suicide because they the lie, they found out that the lie was a lie. It's on us. Where are they going to find hope? Stand up. It's on you. It's on you and you and you. Stand up. Come on, stand up. Stand up, stand up, it's on you. You're responsible, I am responsible, and I am making a choice today. I am going to bring the safety, the, the sanctity, the heart of Jesus to the world because that's what he's called us to do because that blood could be on my hands. So is it gonna be on yours today? We are in the midst of a transition and God is the, the Jesus Christ is coming back to this earth. What are we going to do? Who are you? What has God called you to do? He's called you to do something significant. You can save a life. You can save a life. You can save a life. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard because we have stuff and we have jobs and children and things that happen to us that are not fair but God is healer God is provider God is the one that can give you all the answers that you need and that is why we pray so that we don't have to worry about that stuff anymore
so that we can put our efforts into winning the loss so I'm not so turned into myself and selfish that I can think about other people now. That's why we pray. That is why we pour out. I want to challenge you guys this week. challenge you to pray. God, break my heart for what breaks your heart. God, break my heart for what breaks your heart. It's a scary prayer because I'm sure there's a lot. Break my heart, God, for what breaks your heart. Help me to see people that are hopeless. Help me to see people that are lost, that are dying. Help me to be the light help me to be that. Lord, I pray right now, I pray over myself and over all of these people in earshot of me. Help me to be the change. Help us to be the change. Help us to be the source. Your voice. Let us speak with your voice. God, let us show love so that people know that you are love, that there is hope, Lord. God, we thank you that you have called us to bigger, to more. God, that you have strengthened us and prepared us for this time. God, help us to be carriers of your spirit. Help us to be carriers of your truth. Father, empower us. God, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you, Lord. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for who you are. You are King of Kings. You are Lord of Lords. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You are the creator of the universe, and in you alone I trust and believe Thank you, Father, for who you are. We bless your name, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. It's on us. It's on us. It's our responsibility. Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget to pray. Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.